0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple to love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Yes, whatever you call that thing, guitar sounded good. He sounded awesome as well. Praise God. All right, praise the Lord. Why don't we open up our Bibles tonight to Ephesians chapter 5. Our Wednesday night gatherings, if you will, are really just an opportunity for us to, to talk about faith. And talk about prayer. I said talk about faith, but actually talk about prayer. But last week we talked about the spirit of faith or just having faith when we pray. And we said this, that when it comes to faith, the Bible says, fight the good, fight of faith. Have you ever noticed that whenever you're believing God for something, there comes the fight? Absolutely. There's never an opportunity that God will lead you into a position that you have to trust him that there's not going to be opposition. There always will. Because the enemy wants you to get off of your position of faith. And he wants you to back down and give up. But if we'll stand strong, there is victory on the other side, right? And so we said that we've got a purpose to know how to fight this fight of faith, especially when it comes to this aspect of prayer. So you're there in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Let me get there myself. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll begin in... Verse 13, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So in other words, circumspectly means make sure that as you walk, as you live this life, pay attention. But he's talking spiritually as well. Pay attention spiritually. Be in tune with what's going on around you. He says, walk circumspectly. Oh, did I go down to verse 15? What did I tell you? Did I tell you verse 13? All right, sorry, I skipped down. Let's go back up to 13. He says, but all things... You're sticking with me. Come on, keep with me now. All right, verse 13. It says, but all things are, that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, I say, awaken you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So let's again begin to uh, analyze that. It says this, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. So now that goes back to what we just were talking about in verse 15, where he says, walk circumspectly, walk paying attention, be alert, be attentive. But he says here, he says, the things that are exposed, that are revealed to you are revealed through the light and through the light of Christ. And he says, now, be awake, right How many people do you know that are asleep spiritually? We could even say it this way. They're dead spiritually. Right? They go to church. They punch the time clock. But if you was to look at their life, they don't look like they're having joy and peace and righteousness with God. Right? It looks like they're just struggling, barely getting by. But the Bible says that we can be alert, be awake, walk circumspectly, and that Jesus, that Christ, will give us light. And actually, the Bible says that Jesus is light. So he's on the inside of us, right? And so when we're aware of him and purpose to turn the light on or just give way to that, it begins to cause us to see things differently. And how many of you know you need to see things when it comes to prayer? That's what faith is all about, right? Faith isn't seeing what is right now. Faith is what's seeing out ahead. Just as Jacqueline was exhorting us for what's down the road. How do you see what's down the road? Because the light of Christ in us begins to show us those things to come. Through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside, right? Right? God wants us to begin to see those things. He wants to give us awareness of those things which are to come. So be awake. Then he says this again in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Notice what it says in verse 16. Redeeming the time or buying time. Come on, in prayer, you can get caught up. Have you ever felt like you're behind in life? Come on, doesn't our biggest frustrations come from not feeling like we're where we're supposed to be? In fact, some of the greatest frustrations is unmet expectations. What's problems within marriages? Unmet expectations. What's the things that we struggle with when it comes to uh, jobs or or just life as a whole? Unmet expectations, right? And so therefore, again, when we're seeing this here, he says, walk, redeeming the time or buying the time. So in other words, through having light, God can get you right where you need to be at the right time, right? right? How many of you know there's not wasted time with God? You know, there's a lot of times where I see people when it comes to them pursuing God's purpose and plan for their life. They're growing in the things of God. But then they get frustrated because things aren't moving as fast as they would like. Have you ever known anybody that got out of where they needed to be just simply because they got too anxious? Sure. Maybe the pressures of life. Maybe just, you know, things aren't moving like I want them to. So let me help God. And they'll step out of where God has purpose for them to grow and mature and get out of the will of God. Preparation time is never wasted time. And God says that he will redeem the time. In fact, maybe you've said this before. Man, if I was walking with Jesus devoutly for the last 10 years, where would I be in my relationship with God? Have you ever thought that way? Like, man, if I was just... Reading the Word of God and studying and just purposing to spend time with God. Man, just think how much Bible that I would know. In fact, I was just thinking about that the other day because we're talking about getting our, our girls into piano lessons. And, and I've always wanted to play the piano. And I always say one day, one day, one day. And now I'm getting a little bit older. I'm thinking, man, my one days are <laughs> they are not as many as they used to be. And then I thought, what if I would have got out of Bible college and I would have... Started playing the piano right then. Well, That was 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years of playing the piano. I mean, I could be pretty doggone proficient by this time, you would think. Right? But once again, when it comes to God, God has a way of redeeming the time and getting you right where you need to be. In fact, God knew right where you would be in this very moment. So therefore, where you're at right now is right where God needs you to be. Because he knew before the foundations of the earth that this is right where you would be. You might be saying, God, I've messed up. God, I blew it. God, if I would have, could have, should have. No, he knew you'd be right here, right now, at this season, this place, and this time in your life. And God says, it's right where I want you to be. So God has the ability to get you caught right back up and get right back on course with him, redeeming the time. I mean, isn't it awesome how God will speak to you sometimes? Because, in fact, when we were uh, in Tennessee, God said this to me. And it was, its man, you know how God will just speak those words to you sometimes and it just makes you a wreck after that? And it's just like you're trying to keep your composure. You're trying to keep a straight face. I mean, there's all these people that you don't know. And you don't want it just being over there in a the corner like bawling like a baby, you know, you, know, you know, snot running out your nose and stuff. I'm like, God. But here's what God said to me. He said to me, he said, I have been with you. I've been right by your side the whole time. Even when you think you blew it and messed up. He said, I was always there and I'm still leading you right now. And I mean, I'm telling you, when God said that, I mean, it just messed my world up. Come on, have you ever felt like you let God down? Did you know you can't let God down? You can't. Because he knew you was going to mess up before you knew you were going to mess up. So it didn't surprise God. I mean, God's not up there like, oh, dear God, Jesus, did you see what they did? <laughs> I am really Disappointed. <laughs> That really, that really moved me, Jesus, because I did not expect that out of him. No, God knew. And so right now, right now where we're at, this is the place in the season that God desires for us to be in. Can you say amen? amen. All right, verse 17, it says, Therefore do not, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and do not, do not be drunk with uh, wine. Which is, uh, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to, the, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, did you notice what it said here? It says, now, there's the natural pull of life that wants to get you intoxicated, that wants to cloud your mind, That wants to distract you. And that word dissipation. That word dissipation means that when you give yourself to, to carnality, it always leads you to a place of excess. And actually, in that scripture there, in dissipation, it means if you give yourself to drunkenness, it will lead to promiscuity. Come on, we don't need to talk anymore about that. But how many people have gotten themselves in trouble because of that very thing, right? So in other words, you you cause yourself to be promiscuous in all kinds of areas when we don't purpose to surrender our heart to God. Does that make sense? But then he says this. He says, what helps you stay focused, to stay strong in faith, is speaking to yourselves and to one another in hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. Giving thanks to God. So what does that mean? Well, obviously, speaking to one another... He's speaking about the body of Christ. So, it's not like you have a session over at your house and everybody comes over to your house and we sing songs over to your house. No, one of the places that happens is in the local church, right? Songs, hymns, and spiritual songs making melody in your heart. Come on, have you ever been in church at the right time? And at that right time, somebody just gave you a word of encouragement. They just spoke into your life. And in that moment, you knew it was a God moment. It wasn't just Betty Jo that was speaking to you. God used Betty Jo, and you knew that that was the heart of God talking to you right now. It's like, man, God, I needed that. Amen? I talked to you about that last uh, uh, last time we were together when Pastor Mark Hankins came over to our table at lunchtime. We were just sitting eating lunch, and he came over, and he said... <clears throat> He said, with great adversity comes great victory through the spirit of faith. Well, I knew right then that that was God talking. He's like, listen, you might have some great adversities, but great victories on the other side of that. Press through. Continue to have that spirit of faith about you because victory's on the other side. I knew that that was God. So what does that also mean? Challenges are coming. When you see the challenges come, don't just fall down and boo-hoo about it. Remember what the Lord said. Stick with it. Stay faithful. Great victories on the other side. But here's what I wanted to get to your attention. Is that when we stir up that faith or the spirit of faith on the inside. It's connected with our words. Speaking to yourself in hymns, psalms and spiritual songs. When you feel as though you're always behind or you're feeling out of sorts. You'll always live out of your soul. Remember, we said that we are a we have uh, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. And if we always feel as though we're trying to get caught up, we always feel that we're behind. We always feel like we're not measuring up. You will live out of your soul, which is your mind, your will and emotions. Right. And when you feel like you're always trying to catch up, always behind, it causes you to be frustrated. And where do you live? Do you live out of your heart where there's a place of peace? No, you live out of your head. A frustration, right? Here's what that tends to look like. I don't like my job. Frustrated. There's not enough money. People that you see, they're always negative. You'll see people that are short. Not height-wise. Not vertically challenged, I'm just talking, you're short, you're rude. People that are procrastinators. People that lack discipline. People that are depressed. Why are they in that position? Because they live from a position being moved by their soul rather than their spirit. Are you tracking with me? Because the spirit of God would speak to you and say, here's some adjustments you need to make. But if I'm always behind, if I'm always behind, I'm always in a position of being frustrated. But he says one of the ways that you can turn that around is get your mouth engaged with your spirit. Get your mouth engaged with your faith. Amen? Amen. All right, turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So, the word brings light. So, we could say it this way. Let the light, or the word of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom... Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So once again, did you see that light comes through the word of God? But when the word of God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 17, that faith comes By the by 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 the hearing of the word or faith comes by the word and from hearing the word of God. So therefore, faith begins to be illuminated. Faith begins to be elevated and light begins to be produced as a result of the word on the inside. Having wisdom, having understanding. And then it says there's grace or there's empowerment of God that's available. He says now engage your mouth to tap into the grace and expose the light. Giving wisdom, giving direction. Amen. Are you seeing that? So your mouth, your conversation, your confession is the outlet of what you're full of. I said your confession, your conversations, the words in which you speak are an expression of what you're full of. So, if you're full of the word, full of the light, what's going to come out your mouth? Words of faith. Words of illumination, of wisdom and revelation. Right? And if you're not full of the word, what are you going to be full of? You're going to be full of something. Well, the TV programs that you watch, which are typically just full of junk. Right? And so, therefore... How do you respond? Because once again, we're talking about praying and having fellowship with God. But if I'm not full of light, if I'm not full of faith, when I approach God, my conversation with him is not going to be from a position of faith, from a position of wisdom and revelation and light. It's going to be from everything else that has a greater influence on my life. So what are we full of? And then staying full, just as we saw there, staying full, full in my spirit with God's word, connects me to the grace of God or God's empowerment. So let me show you that in example or through an example of God's word. In Acts chapter 6 verse 24, if you recall, the Bible says that Paul and Silas were in prison. Do you remember that? And it wasn't, they weren't only in the prison. The Bible says that they were in the inner prison. They were in the worst part of the prison. They were in the worst of the worst place where anybody would want to be. And they here they are. They're, they're cold. They've been beaten. The Bible says that they're in shackles. And you would think... That they would have every opportunity to say, God, we have been preaching the word. We've been telling people about Jesus. And here we are in shackles, in prison, naked, freezing, rats crawling up on me. God, I've been doing this for you. And look at where I'm at. But the Bible says that's not how they responded. The Bible says that at the midnight hour... Come on, have you ever had some midnight hours in your life? You're thinking, God, you better come through. Or a midnight hour, you're like, God, I don't think it could get any worse than this right now. We've all been in those positions, and God's given us a way of escape. He's given us the example and the word of God to how how to expose the circumstance and bring light into the situation. But if all we ever do is respond from our soul or our our mind, our will, and our emotions, we'll never stand in a place of victory. We'll stand in a position of being victimized. And so what did Paul and Silas do? The Bible says at midnight, they lifted their voice in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs and began to praise and worship God. Come on. You know that was just a tactic of the enemy. And you know what Paul was saying? He's like, devil, he says, you've got my feet in shackles. You've got my hands in shackles. But one thing you should have done is you should have duct taped my mouth. (laughs) But you didn't. And what did they do? They began to lift their voice. And when they lifted their voice, the Bible says that the earth shook. The chains fell off. And it wasn't just off of them. It fell off of every prisoner in that place. And every person was set free. See, we've been talking about this on Sunday mornings. Dream again. And that your dream isn't just about you. That what God's purpose for your life isn't just about you. See, God wants our lives to affect other people. He wants our prayers and our life of faith... To be able to be a blessing to others. That when we pray... Things begin to happen. Come on. If you've not gone through a storm of life. You will. If it hasn't been something to the effect of. Your 18 month baby. That got killed in a car accident. Just wait a little while. And something will happen. And are you going to crawl under a rock. And say God. Have pity on me. Or are you going to be able to come to the place. Where there is a position. Of faith. Of peace. Of comfort. Of restoration. In the company of believers. That God I feel like I'm going through hell. But God you'll bring me through. You'll restore. You'll renew. You'll give me life again. Come on. The Bible says in Psalms. It says. Mourning is only for an evening. But joy comes in the morning. That is such a hard thing to grab hold of. There's time to mourn. But morning's coming. So purpose to have joy. Joy comes in the morning. What do most people do? They want to linger in the morning. Now I'm not necessarily saying literally. God could mean it literally. But God says there's a time to get up and stir up the spirit of faith on the inside of you. Amen. And so, well, we got a couple more minutes. You doing all right? Turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. And this will be... I'll share this verse with you and just give you a couple bullet points that will set us up for next week. But in Hebrews chapter 4... In verse 14, it says, See then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest which cannot sympathize with our weakness. So everything that you ever go through, the Bible says he's went through things just like that. So he's sympathetic to what we go through. You've got to understand that. Jesus isn't up there saying, come on. Get over it. No, he gets it. He knows the pains that you have went through. He's felt them himself. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. There's that word grace, which means empowerment. Let us come to receive empowerment or strength that we may have or obtain mercy and find grace or strength and help in the time of. Of need. There's times that we have need of strength. And the Bible says that we can come to him. But we come to him with confidence. Holding fast. The the, the King James says holding fast to the profession of your faith. Profession or confession is the same thing. But what the word actually translates as saying is agreeing with or saying the same thing as. So in other words, God has something to say about everything that you've ever faced or going through or are going through. And therefore, when you come to God, God, I'm coming to receive strength, empowerment and help right now, God. This is a really good time that I need help. And the the Bible says that when I approach God, come to God saying the same thing as he's saying. Agree with what he's saying. What is that? God, I know it looks bad, but you're faithful. God, I know it feels like I'm going under, but you said I'm going over. God, you said that by your stripes I'm healed. The doctors say this, but I know what you said. The Bible says, whose report are you going to believe? God, I choose to believe your report. Amen. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. So in other words, you can say it this way. You've got to be a professional at saying the right thing. Come on, have you ever noticed those people that are professional naggers? My wife might say, I'm one of them. I don't know. Professional naggers, professional negative people. It always cracks me up (laughs) when people come to church and you're like, dear God, that's how you come to church. And I know you're putting on your best foot forward right now. What are you like at home? Right? Come on, it's true. And God says, Get your words in line. Agree with and say the same thing as. So here's four things that I'll leave you with real quickly. And we'll close. What am I going to confess or be a professional at saying? What am I agreeing with and saying the same thing? I've got to, first of all, number one, I've got to learn what God has done for me through the death, burial, and resurrection. If I begin to learn what he's done for me through the death, burial, and resurrection, I'll begin to find out that I'm righteous before God. I'll find out that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Number two, I begin to find out who I am in Christ. When I find out who I'm in Christ, my words or my confession changes. In the New Testament, there are over 130 verses that say, In him, in whom, or in Christ. Every time I see that, that's me. Number three, when I begin to find out what Jesus is doing right now on the throne, it will change my confession. Because, because, you see, Jesus is my advocate in heaven. Or, in other words, he's my attorney. So, in other words, every time you mess up, he turns to the Father and says, hey, I got it covered. I shed my blood for that. We're good. And then the Holy Spirit is your advocate on earth in your heart. So that way you're not condemned. You don't have to go around feeling condemned, feeling as though you don't measure up. Because the advocate, the Holy Spirit, is in your heart to help. And then number four, when I begin to find out what God can do in me and for me through the word of God. When I find that out, it changes the way that I speak. It changes my confession. And once again, it ties right in with what Jacqueline was exhorting us about. The very first, the initial confession that you and I have as a believer. We see it in Romans chapter 10. The one that believes in his heart and confesses Jesus as Lord. What are you going through? When it comes to prayer and you're talking to God. God, it's a midnight hour. But Jesus is Lord. (laughs) God, I don't know how we're going to pay this bill. But Jesus is Lord. God, I don't know how this is going to turn around because the doctors are saying this. But I know one thing. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. I don't know how my marriage is going to turn around. But Jesus is Lord. God, I need a job. And I can't find one. But I know this one thing. Jesus is Lord. I'm telling you. As we learn to talk right through the spirit of faith, it will change our prayers. Come on, we've got to stop coming to God boo-hoo and squalling and bawling and coming confidently. God, you said, therefore I believe. Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray and I'll let you go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the light of your word. We thank you for what Jesus has done for us and through us. God, we thank you that you are Lord. God, we thank you that we're continuing to grow in faith, learning how to talk with you, commune with you. And God, we thank you that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. Amen.